Matthew 6, so I need the right page as well. So Matthew 6, beginning to read at verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown on the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what should we eat? Or what should we drink? Or what should we wear? For the pagans run after all such things, and your heavenly kingdom, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thank you, Trevor. A prayer as we start. Our Father, we believe that you can speak to us from the pages of Scripture. So open our hearts to what you have to say and speak to us all, speaker and hearer alike, and make us more like Jesus. For your glory we pray. Amen. Now some years ago, some bones were found under a car park in Leicester. Best guess was that it belonged to a medieval English king. Uh, my son was uh, uh, training as a coroner at the time, and I said, will there have to be a coroner's inquest? And he said, well, yes, there will, because uh, you've got to establish, first of all, who once owned these bones, and what did the person die of, and when was all this? King Richard III, uh, killed in battle, 1485. Who, what, when? Well, now, we're not looking at bones, we're looking at bread this morning. But nevertheless, who, what, when? Those are quite good questions for us to ask. So first of all, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. Who should be praying this prayer? Our Father in heaven. Well, it's for everyone, isn't it? It's for everyone who knows God as their Father. Now, the God of the Bible is stupendously wonderful, the awesome creator, but he's also utterly good. 
It's not like us, not like you and me. But the amazing message of the Bible is how this great God has provided a, a, a way whereby we can come to know him, to be forgiven, to be made new, that God sent his son to die for each of us, to pay the purchase price for our forgiveness. So this prayer is for anyone who believes in Jesus, our only hope. Is God your Father? Then pray this prayer. My Father in heaven. That's correct, but that isn't quite how Jesus taught it, is it? So we are going to look at this uh, uh, prayer for a few moments relating to God, our Father. Our Father. That's a reminder that we're saved individually to belong to a new community of God's family, the church. Not a building, not a denomination, uh, but a global team of brothers and sisters, all different, made one in Christ and belonging to God's family. God our Father. Do download Chris Webb's wonderful address on Our Father at the start of this series, full of the most helpful insights. God cares for each of us, lavishing time and attention on us to make us more fit for his company. Now, the first part of the Lord's Prayer is in, in, occupied entirely with God and his concerns. Our Father in heaven, may your name, what God reveals himself to be, be hallowed, reverenced, honored in my heart and throughout the world. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Here on our troubled planet, heaven breaking in. Uh, two more vintage sermons there from uh, uh, John Risbridger. Do get those too. Now we've got our orientation right. This prayer is primarily about God for the first part. And now the next section is about our needs. Bread, forgiveness, guidance, protection. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us all the things we need each day. So give us today our daily bread. Give. We come before God not demanding our rights. We do live in an entitlement culture, but that's not the wording here. We recognize our dependence upon God, our gracious heavenly Father, generous, and we ask him to provide for what we need. We're requesting our food, and some, uh, uh, some might even be saying, well, I don't need you, God, yet anyway. It's different if I get in a scrape, then I want some help immediately, and at the end of things, I would like a helping hand. No, in this prayer, we are affirming that day by day, we depend upon God. Give us today our daily bread. Now, we're not reminding God of something he might have overlooked. We're reminding ourselves of our need and our dependence upon God. We're reminding ourselves of our Father's unfailing love and kindness for us. 
Incidentally, did you note, this prayer has also noticed other people's need. And we remember to pray for them too. Give us our daily bread. It's communal. The God who cares for me cares for other people. I must pray for them too and do what I can for those without. That community theme again. I'm reminded of John Risbridge's ministry and his final weekend with us. So thrilled about the church, God's new community, God's purposes breaking into our world. Everything brought into unity under Christ in the new creation. And that starts now. Give us today our bread. Bread, the staff of life in an agrarian community. Of course, everyone needs a balanced diet, but the basic carbohydrate comes from bread or grain. The Old Testament law is full of things, aware of first fruits and harvest, the concern about sowing, and the need for rain and the harvest. And in earlier days in our country, a harvest thanksgiving was a profound time. It's very significant. The wheat harvest is in. We shan't starve this winter or next year. When there were poor grain harvests right across Europe in the 17th century, that was a powerful contributor to the Thirty Years' War. There were short harvests in France in the 1780s and it created that tinder ready for the spark of revolution. And even today, we're not to take thoughtlessly for granted the provision of food. Aren't we concerned that actually war might prevent supply? That climate change and uh, uh, the change in, in uh, 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 the heat and so on right across the world uh, might threaten global food security. Give us today our daily bread. It's a simple prayer for a vast and essential daily operation. We're asking God to maintain it. The fruitful earth is a gift of God, the rich profusion of flora and fauna. But think of the skills of the providers as well, the farmers, the breeders of stock, the transport people, the engineers, the entrepreneurs, the seafarers, uh, the haulage drivers, the customs officials. Give us today our daily bread. We're saying, yes, we may get our bread from the supermarket, but that grain came from the steppe lands of Ukraine or Russia or North America. This is a huge interrelated logistical operation. God gave the skills and we pray to him to sustain all who are involved in that operation. In this prayer, we're reminding ourselves of the character of God. He's practical and generous. Think of Jesus caring for the crowds. They were hungry and he didn't want them, uh, fainting on the way home. And he fed them, the 5,000. And you should have seen the leftovers too. The compassionate care of the Lord. Jairus' daughter raised from the dead. Jesus' advice to the parents, make sure she has something to eat. 
Bread is the basic food stuff. It, and here, it's used as a shorthand for food and everything we need for all the basics of life. And surely, also, everything we need for our human flourishing. Food, clothing, shelter, health, employment, money. Ultimately, God is the giver of all good things. We acknowledge that in this prayer. And we are relying on God one day at a time. Why ask God for something so mundane when he knows our needs? Jesus said that in, in uh, this, this same chapter, verse 8. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. So, perhaps I don't need to ask him for what I need. God knows. How good are you on the Chronicles of Narnia? Do you know the magician's nephew? Two kids on a flying, uh, talking horse and come down for the night uh, and land in a meadow. Good grass, says the horse, tucking in. The boy says, we can't eat grass. You'd have thought Asim would know that. And the wise horse says, well, yes, he would know that. But I rather think he likes to be asked. What a thought for you and me. God provides, and we acknowledge that by saying, Lord, provide what I need for this day and each day. Again, it, it's not because God needs to have his ego stroked. It's to remind us to rest in him and to learn of his faithfulness. And you know, there's a very basic principle of discipleship in Scripture. It comes right through the Bible. Daily renewal for today. Think of today. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And that comes right in the middle of that book of Lamentations. God's compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Each day. Think of the uh, Israelites in the wilderness gathering manna enough for each day. You get too much, hoping that it'll last till tomorrow and that bit will go bad. Think of the Lord's instructions to the 12 in, in Matthew chapter 12. Freely you have received, he says. Freely give. Don't take extra supplies with you. Don't take weapons. God will even give you the words you need to speak. Just depend upon him and his care each day. God knows what I shall need this day. I don't. Lord, Give me today my daily bread. God knows what lies ahead, and we don't. In, in uh, Luke 11, uh, a chapter really on prayer, uh, Jesus talks about these things, and he says how God longs to give good gifts to his children. 
And then he draws a comparison with human parents. Your child says they're hungry. What do you do? The kid would love a boiled egg or fish and chips. Uh, sorry, uh, fish. Uh, I added the chips. Um, uh, the parent gives what's needed. And God gives us what we need too. And then Jesus, perhaps rather surprisingly, says, what the Father longs to give is the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Do you notice? He doesn't say God is longing to give the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He is longing to give the Holy Spirit God's presence. Now we are reaching the very heart of prayer and the meaning of discipleship. What God wants for all of us each day of our lives is that we come to know him and love him and long for his fellowship. Salvation opens the door to a life of walking with God, developing our relationship with Almighty God, the King of Kings, the God of love. That's what life is. Tiny child will often learn to walk holding on to a parent's hand. It learns confidence by jumping out of a tree, sure that there's someone there to catch them. I remember many years ago seeing Swiss kids learning to ski, tiny children skiing, held securely between the parents' legs, skiing down a hill. Child crosses the ski points, Mum or dad just picks him up, sorts him out, puts him down again. And God wants us to discover the adventure of life, living it with him. When he walks beside us and holds us, and in this prayer we're affirming that we're up for that. We need you, Lord. We need your care for us. And we trust you to provide for us. And I make a digression very briefly. What about unanswered prayer? We move into tender territory here. Christians who perish of hunger in a drought-ridden part of Africa, who die in an Islamist raid in Nigeria or Kenya, who see a whole family cruelly treated in North Korean slave labor camp. Didn't they need food, peace, protection? Where was God? Just a speculation. God knows what we need for this life and for eternity. What shall we need for that life to come? There are hints in Scripture that there are tasks ahead of us. Remember Paul writing, saying, don't you know we shall judge angels? I didn't know that, did you? Jesus speaking to the disciples and saying you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. 
the parable of the talents, the reward of grossly enhanced responsibilities in reward for the little faithfulness in this life. We don't know what we shall need today, tomorrow, in eternity. God knows. And this prayer is to pray that God will provide all we need. Daily bread. The army is very good at providing 24-hour ration packs. I once had the joy of arranging a one-day self-reliance exercise for some of my cadets in, in the Mendips, teenage boys. They did, an, they did a trek, they did a, an overnight camp, a 24-hour ration pack. There's enough for a snack lunch, a good slap-up meal in the evening, good substantial breakfast, and then it's done. And boys eat everything. Uh, that night, there was a sudden dumping, thick dumping of snow uh, uh, early in the summer term. And uh, then we got a message from the nearby farmhouse to say, bad luck, um, there's so much snow on the road, the pickup truck can't get to you, the roads are impassable. Break that news to eight hungry boys. Um, <laughs> You, you've got to wait, lads. There's uh, uh, no food uh, in your packs, and um, it, it may be some hours here. Uh, quite a test of morale, that one. Uh, actually, it had a happy ending, a few hours delay, but uh, then there was a, a hot bath and a hot meal and a good sleep. But uh, there we are. Now, God never lets us down. We may be on 24-hour ration packs, but there'll be another one tomorrow. Be sure of that. We're learning to trust God one day at a time. Modern loaves often contain preservatives, don't they? The French love their daily baguettes, fresh bread, each day fresh. And that's one of the delights of holidaying in France, the daily trip to the boulangerie. Remember what Jesus said too. Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need our daily bread. We need God's word each day, a daily focus on Christ. The Bible app on your phone gives you access, doesn't it, to the word of God, even if you don't have a pocket Bible with you. Uh, Margaret and I have made a habit each day of our married life. We, we start, well, we start with a cup of tea, I suppose. And, and, then, uh, and then there's uh, an open Bible and we read with SU notes and we pray together. Enormous strength uh, for our daily lives and for our marriage. Let me commend that to you. This passage uh, that Trevor read to us uh, it talks of not worrying because our Heavenly Father is looking after us each step of the way. What a God we serve. Do you know that story of uh, George Muller who ran orphanages in Bristol in the uh, 19th century? And uh, he wanted to demonstrate how God is a living God who will meet needs for every day. 
and he didn't tell anyone of the needs of his orphanage. He just prayed that God would bring the food needed. And one day there was absolutely nothing. And the kids were lined up at table and Muller did as he always did. He thanked God for his grace in providing. And there was a knock at the door and the local baker said, ah, Mr. Muller, I couldn't sleep last night. I thought you might be short of bread. So I got up at two o'clock and got the ovens going and here's fresh bread for you on the table. And at that point, he was followed by the milkman uh, who said um, uh, his cart had just broken down outside this orphanage. He needed to offload all the, 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 the milk so that he could get to the axle and do the repair. Uh, could he handle the milk? There you are. Well, God doesn't call us all to live like that. But he meets our needs day by day. Remember the promise of Moses to Asher, Deuteronomy 33, 25. Your strength will equal your day. Give us today our daily bread. We need, you care, we trust. Thanks be to God for his faithfulness.